This is a, uh, a typical meal you're going to make fun of me for. And whenever you're talking, I'm going to try to sneak a bite because if not, I might not eat today. But it's sprouts, tempeh with some buffalo hot sauce on top. And it is the most utilitarian meal. My meals range from pleasure to utilitarian. Pleasure being the cheesy pasta that mm-hmm. you're making fun of me for. And on the other side, ultra, ultra clean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably, uh, yeah, not something other people would want to enjoy. Yeah, tempeh is a tough one. Even even like hardcore vegans, I'd say about fifty percent of them say they don't like tempeh, and it's just a just a weird it's a weird taste. You got to do the right thing to it. Yeah, but uh, Aaron. Like, by the like way, my soy. wife. What? It's like it's like soy. It's like t- tofu. You know, like it, it is, I but mean, the fermented flavor is just is just a strange one. It's hard uh, to mask. My wife Erin actually on the last Nomadathy thing, she said, You should tell Matt not to eat on these podcasts because he comes through on the mic. So you'll have to uh have to be mindful of that. Just eat while I'm while I'm, I'm talking. I'm gonna mute. I'm gonna mute. That's <laughs> yeah. lovely that Aaron actually listens to us. I don't think Adriana has ever listened to anything I've ever put put out. Oh yeah. Yeah, she started. Sure. She, she especially listens to live things. She's not gonna make the effort to go get the podcast. But if it's live and pops up on her phone, she'll she'll do it. That seems like the opposite of convenient, right? Like <laughs> The live thing you have to work around. It's it's only live, or it's like how hard is it just to open up your podcast? Anyway, thanks yeah, for listening, Aaron. It's a good point, but I think yeah. I think the live thing. There's something, there's something about like live TV compared to streaming something. It feels like you're in the room with somebody if you hear, you know, a live thing going on. I don't know, just a different, yeah. just a different vibe. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, that's not too off the topic of what we got today. We're we're mixing it up a little bit, going on something with. I think this would be lighter than certainly than a, than a discussion about alcohol where I get hammered and guilted for drinking. Uh, it'll be, it'll be, uh, about digital decluttering. This is perfect. This is perfect. I promised you we're going to do a topic that is embarrassing for me, right? To turn the tides or to oh, you to think I was embarrassed by that? Fair. Good point. I'm, Maybe I'm you're embarrassed. I shouldn't drinking. make assumptions. Right. Yeah. No, but I, I felt bad because, in this current culture, especially in our in our edge of the world, you know, there's there's maybe a little bit more of a, a, a recognition. Some may say it's not based in data. You might say that that alcohol isn't as good for you, and maybe you should reduce your intake. And you were taking the other side, and and so I said in this next conversation we should do something that maybe I don't. You know, I'm not in line with the cool kids. You know, right. I'm not. Right. I, you know, right? I'm. I'm I'm still sort of antiquated my old ways of like trying really hard to to work and stay connected and so anyway digital yeah. detox go back to your intro yeah no that's a good point this is this is sort of that um yeah so here, what what got me thinking about this thing and actually is um you know Cal Newport the author right he has I think Deep Work is probably his most famous one um he's got a new book coming out that is called. Slow productivity. Slow I think. productivity. Yeah, which is right on my alley. I love that idea. I think I haven't. I have, have not read it obviously because it's not out yet. But it's about I think being okay with uh, you know you're not rushing, you're taking your time, but but because it's a sustainable pace that you're working at, um, over time you know real big progress can be made. It's the small steps method I think applied to you know thinking about productivity and work. Anyway, uh, although although um, deep work is more famous, digital minimalism is actually my favorite of the Cal Newport books thus far. Um, and it's one that I actually used last summer 
to do exactly what he suggests, his digital declutter. Um, and so I want to talk about that because I'm, I'm actually pretty interested in doing that again because it was a very, very positive uh, experience overall. Kind of extreme in some ways, but uh, you know, once you're a few days in, not unlike uh, maybe stopping alcohol or you know a, a kind of diet, you start to feel like the, the positive effects. And you say, wow, I can't believe I was living this way for so long. Um, but anyway... I think we should set it up with a little bit of, of kind of background about that, just because this seems a little bit out there for our topic. We're a health thing. It's uh, This is not so obviously a health topic, uh, but you and I have talked a lot in the past year about mental health and happiness. And and sometimes it's the, it seems to, seems to uh, what's the word here, be negatively associated with a lot of the health advice that is given. A lot of people are giving health advice that, that uh, you know appears like exciting or novel, and uh, you know if you were to follow it, you actually may may be significantly less happy because it it is so uh, strict. So anyway, so mental health is something we've been talking about a lot. There's the whole dopamine connection in the conversation of UPF, ultra processed food, which we did an episode on a few weeks ago, uh, and the idea that this food and alcohol as well and any other drug. Uh, are creating this kind of dopamine addiction. And, and it really is an addiction. People, you know, you get to the point where you depend on this food and a lot of your day is spent uh, just sort of searching for that next hit. And that is made far, far worse by the fact that uh, the electronics, the apps that have invaded our lives in the past 20 years, maybe 15 years, um, they, they really do the same thing. It's the same thing with the dopamine mechanism. Uh, it, it all, including the food and alcohol, it creates this short-term pleasure rush uh, that is different. And it turns out, it turns out runs counter to the serotonin, like the enjoyment rush, right? Like you can feel really happy and really jazzed up in the moment when you're uh, high or drunk or whatever, uh, or just ate some delicious food, uh, or you're scrolling through social media, it could feel good, but that doesn't leave you feeling happy later. There's this longer term, more lasting, this fulfillment, uh, this sense of slower enjoyment that is associated with the serotonin. And, um, you know, th those two different forms of happiness, I think, are, are often used by companies to, to try to trick people and saying this food makes you happy or this thing makes you happy. But in fact, all it does is gives you a dopamine rush. And soon after, you just have to seek that rush again because you get addicted. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot there. Um, I mean, I guess full disclosure why I made that joke about, you know, this not maybe I'm not going to come out looking to cool uh relative to to health trends today is you know i'm the farthest thing from a digital like the idea of not checking your phone when you first wake up and instead you know going straight to the meditation pillow and doing the first 90 minutes of the day where you have no outside communication no alerts no pains nothing like that is a luxury that a lot of people don't have right um whether it's because you're you're caring for you know, uh, an aging loved one, or, you know, you've got to check to see if there's a snow day and your kid's schools got canceled or, or maybe you're, you're in a, a fast paced work environment where if you're on the West coast, right, the East coast has been up for three hours and working, you know? And I think that we have to acknowledge that obviously I've had those days, some, not many, where like I've woken up and I have, you know, not looked at my phone and I've gone and I've meditated and I maybe even, maybe even continued in that blissful state for a little longer and got clear and did some morning pages and right. And like, but that is, that is a luxury. 
it's a true luxury that I, I don't think a lot of people can afford and, and whether or not, and I think that's maybe where we should start the conversation, you know, whether or not that's me lying to myself because it's, it's so uncomfortable, the idea, right. Uh, to, to not be connected. Um, and, uh, you know, that maybe, maybe it's untrue and that actually we do our best work if we step away from the phone and, and, uh, and give ourselves that time for sure, you know, and, and as you know, I do, I do my own version of that, which is I check things, I look at it, you know, I make sure that the whole world isn't burning, you know, and then I go and meditate and then I'll try to do some deep work. And I will stay off Slack, email, phone. I never have notifications on anymore. So like, I, it's not totally antagonistic. I just think that, you know, the idea, uh, like the extreme that Cal Newport has has described as beautiful as it is, you know, is really one for a tenured professor who truly can just work on a multi-year timeline and has absolutely no urgency, right? Because there are no daily needs, quote unquote, to his, to his work in terms of responsiveness and collaboration or anything. And that's a huge- yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, he does make a lot of allowances in in the his digital declutter system itself. He he tells you to remove what what he calls optional social media, and he defines optional as meaning its removal wouldn't significantly disrupt your daily personal professional life. So he says that means for a lot of people, you know, as far as work goes, like you're going to not make any changes because to stop using your phone or stop using email or whatever, like during work time, it would totally disrupt your your thing. Like it is impossible to function in today's society in many, many job roles. And also just like you said, a parenting role where you got to check. That's the only way to see the if school's canceled or not is to use technology. Now there's not the old fashioned methods anymore. Cause they're not, they're not really that practical. So uh, I found that he was really flexible about the way he suggests going about this thing. And you can adjust it. You, you get to decide what is optional in your life and what isn't and what's a problem and what isn't. Um, but I'm curious before we get into that, like on the days that you've done done that uh where you've succeeded in getting right up and doing meditation first or doing some other things do you actually notice that you are happier um or then more productive later i mean my hunch is that like because when i've tried that sort of stuff on a short-term basis like that i'm actually not any happier i'm really kind of just itching to check the phone like i'm just like i can't really enjoy the thing i'm trying to do because i just want to go do what i usually do yeah i mean i think in my own by the way you just reminded me um, do you remember when we were kids that like snow school snow closures were like a little ticker on the bottom of the news? It'd right. be like you know seven seven oh one, and you'd need to like know if you're getting in the car, and you'd be like watching yep. the slow ticker. Or on the radio, the radio stations would have it right. as well, and every like fifteen minutes, so you'd listen to all these oldies songs, and then it would, every fifteen minutes go into uh, the list of closings, and it was yeah, and then yeah, it was so exciting. And then all of a sudden. Right. I was about to say, and then like, how many times did you end up at school and you're like, oh, sh- it's, it's canceled. You know, like I, mi- I missed it. It was on like three minutes after. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe longing for the days of old and that, that sort of analog quote unquote system could be, you know, desirable. Um, am I happier on those days? Well, I guess, the reason I don't do that all the time is because I have found in my desire to create calm and focus, which is to, you know, maybe distill it over simplistically in terms of why I meditate. Um, 
not having that itch as you describe it and not wondering, right, is helpful to me. So, you know, we we obviously operate across many, many time zones. We're not doing things, you know, and work with people around the world. So while we're asleep, a lot can happen. And so for me, you know, uh, in terms of being able to take that time, 30 to 40 minutes every single day to sit and essentially practice focus, which I think is an important skill set for anyone, you know, in the, in the knowledge work academy, uh, economy, you know, the only way I can do that is by looking at my phone and saying any text messages. Okay. That's fine. Any emails, any, okay, that's fine. Like Slack, right. You know, go down the list and be like, all right, there's a lot of stuff. And, and sometimes that can be derailing for sure. Right. Cause I'll see something and I'll be like, ugh, you know, like that's, and, and so that's the risk right? Uh, it, it definitely can be disruptive in terms of the practice. But like, I've just figured out through, you know, repetition that like, if I don't do that, then I won't have the the space and the sort of patience with myself to actually like, just sit and get into that, into that state of, of calm where I come out of it feeling more empathetic, feeling more focused, feeling all those things that you do, you know, a mindfulness practice for whether, so to your question of like, am I happier on those, on those days? Like I wouldn't be able to say that with any degree of confidence because those days are generally like Saturday or Sunday, right? (laughs) Where like, I just assume that I have a little bit more flexibility because, you know, most people aren't working and waiting for a response and, and so, like, am I happier on Saturdays? Like, I don't, I don't know about that. But um, it's an interesting question that maybe I should start journaling and seeing if I can, if I can track happiness. But that's the thing. Like, I don't. And I guess, look, we need to d- differentiate because you brought up like social medias and what technologies are optional. Like, like for me, I'm hyper connected to a fault, right? Because like I, I get out of the car and I'm walking from the car to the coffee shop to work or meet somebody or whatever. And like, I will open up my phone and I will see like, who can I respond to? Who can I send a quick voice text to? Like, what emails can I archive? What, right? And like that six minutes of walking from the car to the coffee shop, like that, that has been stolen away from me in some ways, right? Where I, I wasn't just appreciating the crisp air, right? And, right, that could be and your meditation seeing the leaves time, fall. Right. Exactly. Right. Like that that's our whole point of you know mindfulness, right? Is is to find presence in the moment and try to enjoy and and just, you know, that I think is what unlocks happiness for just the sake of being, right? Or just because we are, you know, it's like the be here now idea. You don't get that when you rob yourself of that attention. I think that's the only, that's really the only thing that I need to change perhaps, because I do think that giving your mind space and just walking, right. Or like going to the gym and not listening to an audiobook, right. Like that's where your ideas, you know, and their subconscious can kind of grind through things. And I don't have that as much because I'm, I'm constantly emailing, sacking and all that stuff, but but I think that's very different than the other side of the coin, which is what I was getting to. And that is like a digital detox, meaning like social media and this and that, and like all the things that um, we, I, I think kind of broadly recognize are just really detrimental to your mental health for any number of reasons. 
not least of which is maybe robbing you of sleep or it's you know giving you comparisons to what your life isn't right like all these different things that that can be kind of uh negative yeah yeah i'm glad you brought that up about the you know the stolen six minutes because i think there's a few things that are that or similar to that like th there's definitely that part we don't we don't have those moments anymore if unless we're, we intentionally create them where we just have nothing to do but we're kind of just in, in between activities. And so there's this slowdown that happens. And that, like you said, that can be the beneficial time for meditative things, creativity, the stuff that you want to do as a knowledge economy worker, uh, that can help you. There's also like, I think I have a sense that we've lost some happiness from like the basic fulfillment of, of, you know, kind of menial tasks that we used to have to do. Like if much more time had to be spent washing the dishes and I, this is maybe, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but I think people could disagree with this because there's nothing fun about washing the dishes. Um, but there is something fun about, you know, accomplishing things. Maybe mowing the lawn might be a better example. Um, Cause that, I guess that hasn't been so replaced by technology though. Uh, but I think there, you know, there's, there is joy in like doing the daily routines and the things that need to be done to keep things going. Um, even if they're not the most efficient use of your time. And so like technology has replaced that. So we've kind of lost that for many people. And then I think this is an important one. Um, the time for like hobbies, like that stuff has been, has been really, really crowded out by, I think most people's hobby, like as far as the amount of time they put into it, the amount of time someone spends swiping a phone, like swiping through social media or maybe streaming, binging Netflix or whatever, um, like that has, has mostly replaced people's, I, you know, who knows how many hours a day? I'm sure there's obviously stats on that. Um, but like that's replaced the, whatever, playing an instrument, um, being a big reader, like people don't read anymore, just in general. Like I've just noticed like they can't read anymore. They can't read three sentences without getting distracted. And I went through a period where I couldn't either. And then I had to very actively like regain that. And, and this digital declutter thing actually did help me uh, in that very process, especially with like trying to pick out in, and using physical books instead of a Kindle, just to like fully get away from this whole idea for a little while. Uh, and I actually found it really enjoyable. I'm not at all like anti e-reader by any means. I've, I've loved having an e-reader, but, uh, I've also found, I found those really nice just to read a book. Like I started preferring that sometimes. So anyway, um, that hobbies one, like that's the one that you don't, you don't instantly get a reward, like hobbies and things like that. They take a long time. You have to invest, you know, a good, maybe 30 minutes in there before you even start to feel the the flow and like the positive benefits in that short term. And then on a, on a bigger timeline, if you're trying to say, learn an instrument or learn a new thing, like you don't, you don't get better at it. It takes a while to actually get to the point where you get like rewarded by, how good it feels to be doing it. Um, and that, that won't come from just, you know, a day here and there where you manage to carve out the time for that. Right. It's, it's just hard. It doesn't work that way. It's, it's, it would be a, a hard day to, if, if you, on the first day that you don't use your phone thing, first thing, you're also trying to learn guitar that morning. Like that's a, that's a pretty tough thing to, uh, to bounce back from and have a productive day. Cause it's, it wouldn't be that rewarding. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think boredom, is what you know you're referring to in some ways being able to just like sit i mean i used to I, I once saw someone who was sitting on an airplane and just stared forward to the back of the seat the entire time and i'm not sure that's a good thing but it is a an example of something that used to happen where like you would sit at a bus stop you would sit on a train you would sit at a restaurant and you just look around, you know, right. and like you right. would just observe the world around you and allow that uh, experience to be your only focus. And I think that is entirely lost. 
And then what has been supplanted, right, depends on the person. So if in some cases, like me, again, <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm working, you know, I don't, I don't stop working effectively. You know, I just, I'm always communicating with somebody and it's, you know, obviously some are personal, but like 80, 90% have to do with some objective I'm trying to move forward in my life. So I don't have that moment at the, at the table, right? At a coffee shop where I'm waiting for my coffee. And like, I am just, I'm just there and I'm just looking at people and I'm observing how they interact and I'm observing how the cars are, right? Like you don't get that. And I think not to keep bringing it back to mindfulness, but that is something that I am mindful of now. Uh, Cause I, I try to engineer boredom more because I think a lot of creativity and problem solving actually comes from that it's why mm -hmm. people often say like you know you have ideas in the shower it's like because you can't bring your phone in the shower that's probably yeah. why <laughs> yeah. um although I've tried that uh different story yeah. um so so I think the boredom and like you say just gonna but the other thing too that I think the digital devices can rob you of is real intimate connection as a result like, and, and I think you have to be very, very careful. And again, there's different versions of this for some people, I think maybe even younger generations, like where you're just not communicating, you're there together, but you're not actually there together. You know, you're, you're not, I mean, I've, I've seen tables of young people at a restaurant where there's like four people, high school age say, and they're just all on their phones. So they're all in their own little worlds yep. consuming exactly what their algorithm tells them that they need to see. Perhaps they're sharing it with each other from time to time, but like they're not interacting with it. They're not socializing that way. They're not getting eye contact or skin contact. They're not doing a, a human natural uh, interaction. And I think that's really, really scary. And, and I can say again, cause we're, we're trying to make me look bad on this, on this episode, um, you know, my interactions with my kids are impacted as well, because, you know, particularly in moments of high stress, lots going on, you know, if I end the day, and let's be honest, I don't always end the day with a nice bookend of like, you know, five minutes of deep breathing to like center myself and then like, focus on the kids for those two and a half hours, three hours, whatever it is, before, uh, you know, after the first phase of work day and when they go to bed, right? I don't, I don't usually do that. A lot of times, you know, I'll take a call when, you know, and, and Adrian will be with the kids and cooking and I'll just like kind of sneak out and, um, or, or take a call with them screaming in the background or check an email, right? Um, you know, if I, uh, yeah, have to run to the car to get something, I'll put my hand in my pocket because again, I don't take those 30 seconds walking to the car just to walk to the car, right? Instead, I use it as an opportunity to maybe check and make sure I got a response to something that I'm looking for so I can go and work on it once the kids are asleep, right? And I think, again, those are the two, they're very different in nature, they're very different in, in effect, maybe, uh, but they're both, I think, highly disruptive to a, a healthy, functional human life, right? Whether it's a kid who's sitting there with their best friend, but like they might as well be in a box somewhere in another part of the world because they're not actually there together they're on their phones. And then the same in a different way could be said, I think for parents and kids. And I think that's, 
it could be very, very disruptive to the natural development of, of kids' brains in particular. Yeah, right. I think there is. And I think, I think some of that research is beginning to, to come out showing that it is, but I, I haven't, I'm not familiar with exactly what it has said. Um, all right, so let's get let's get to what Cal Newport suggests as his digital declutter. And again, he's not saying give up stuff forever. Uh, it's it is his his structure is for 30 days you take a break from what he says optional technology, and you get to decide what it is. He's talking about new technology meant to entertain, inform, or inform and connect. So he says it's like not like your digital or your electronic toothbrush that doesn't that doesn't do anything to distract you or take your attention. <laughs> uh, although that does kind of get to the one I said, right? Like these menial tasks, if if suddenly they get made faster or easier. We don't have to do them anymore. We lose maybe something, but you know, th that's a, that's a whole different point. And this is about the, uh, like the my, wide, my wide toothbrush. Should I bring the wide toothbrush <laughs> back on? No, don't bring that back on please. But, uh, but yes, that is a perfect example. Um, my mom, my mom actually listened to us, which thanks. Thanks for that mom. And she's like, did you guys like get paid to promote that, that <laughs> toothbrush or something? I'm like, no, we don't, we don't promote things in that in that way <laughs> but you know sad sad that that's his assumption right <laughs> right Sorry, go ahead toothbrushes um, are cool yes so but anyway so you go through you, you list all the stuff in your life you 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 know relatively aggressively slash stuff because it is just for 30 days during that time you actively explore and rediscover like old habits and hobbies and things that you actually used to like the things that take a while to get into but 30 days should be enough for you to start to feel like the benefits again these are the things that create, by the way, that that second form of happiness, the lasting, the fulfillment, the stuff where it's like when you're done it, you're actually very happy you spent that hour doing that activity because it you know that it was you know good for you in some way. Uh, it, it has that lasting goodness. Swiping the phone typically doesn't make you feel that way. You, you say, wow, I kind of lost that hour. Um, and then at the end, you start with these, with, starting from this blank slate, you reintroduce the optional, the things that you deemed optional. And as you reintroduce them, you're considering each one. Does this actually help me? Or now having spent 30 days away from this, do I think the benefits are not outweighed by the costs of this, this activity? Uh, or can it come back in, but in some new way? Like not like I have some rules now around how I do this, how I use the phone, how I use my email or whatever. Um, so that's his system. I don't think there's too much like to object to there. Like it, it really does make sense. As I said, he's, he's flexible with, he lets you do it's so like some people uh, streaming, watching Netflix, like is not a big, Thing. It's, it's not an issue that's not one of their triggers they don't get stuck in it. it's just a really nice activity for them to do for half an hour a day so it's like that that doesn't need to go away but if it's something that takes a lot of your time up uh and you don't feel particularly good about it afterwards then you know that probably is a good candidate for you to consider an optional technology you get rid of so anyway um here's when i did this thing in the summer i, I wrote this down thankfully i kept the list Hold the on. technologies that were in my I, life i want to hear i want to hear about your experience but mm -hmm. Like I, I, I think Cal Newport and I just heard him talk on the Tim Ferriss podcast and, and a lot of what he said, I really liked. And obviously slow productivity, digital detox, like these ideas are good, but like mm -hmm. what you just described to me, like doesn't address a lot of what we are talking about, which is like right now, you and I have been in a conversation for 28 minutes and my draw to check email is severe <laughs> like and that's not necessarily like a, a a disruptive sort of like a bad use of time right and so i just think there's a whole conversation that instead we should be having around like how what are the practices to help you nurture focus and enjoyment of like analog things that, that not the the dopamine side because again like i don't i don't use social media like 
I would agree that it would be a, a very different conversation, very bad if like my six minutes walking from the car to the coffee shop, I was on Instagram. And then you're just like truly like lost control of your mind, right? Literally, because you're just getting injected with whatever ideas are on the screen and, and you're like, you're not present and you're not being productive either. So anyway, that's my, that's my one pushback is like this, this, this threshold of like, is Netflix an okay thing? Cause you use it for 30 minutes a night. Like, you know, if you use your email, like I, I think there's some other, I, I, I would be very interested to go deeper into this stuff. Cause like I say, I, I almost wonder if you should give up your phone, right? <laughs> like, it's like, if you're going to email, it forces you to use a computer, right? And like go and like sit and work and it doesn't inject itself, like I say, in, into parenting time. So yeah, anyway, I mean, those I, are my criticisms. I, still, of, I think this is entire, that's entirely consistent with this still. Like that could be your thing is you've, you, by listing all these technologies and you eventually say, hey, all these things are associated with the phone or almost all of these are. So yeah. my phone's going to be what the technology that is out for me during this period. Maybe phone calls to kids yeah. and, and wife is allowed because that's essential, uh, but everything else gone. Like that, that would be a perfectly you know reasonable example of someone doing this thing. So anyway, it's a luxury. Uh, yeah. What's By that? Way, have you seen? I want get get to your list, but they have those dumb phones now. We've, yeah. You know, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Uh, yep. I don't remember what that was. It's like one phone or something. But like a friend of mine had it, and it like a little flip phone, and all I could do is like send texts with like a QWERTY T keyboard and like receive phone calls that's it yeah and that's that's great he actually mentions those in the book and like this book by the way is pretty old i think it's probably 2018 now that it came out uh around then uh but yeah so i didn't i didn't know if those things five years. what pretty old yeah 2018 these days somehow that's old um yeah i actually haven't heard of those phones recently so i, I kind of figured they didn't take off um I, I think the way people use those, I think he said was like in combination with a regular phone, like you still keep your regular phone probably in your glove compartment right. for using maps or whatever. But then when you're going in to have dinner or going to do a thing, you might still have that, the dumb phone with you so that you can still talk to the babysitter or whatever's needed, but yeah. not be distracted. Anyway. Um, so here, here was the list that I got. You'll, you'll see it relates exactly to that sort of thing because I included maps as one of them. Um, so I had, I had YouTube streaming shows, Movies and documentaries, email, aura ring, uh, audiobooks, podcasts, Kindle, video games, texting, maps, guitar and piano apps, language learning apps, Twitter, Instagram, Slack, notes, Amazon Music, WhatsApp, and recipes. Slack, I don't know why I included it, I guess because that was a work thing. That totally was fine because it's it's work, so that didn't go out. Uh, and a lot of these didn't go out. I kept some of these in and said it would be sort of disruptive to get rid of those. They're They're not problems or anything. But the vast majority I either got rid of or said, I'm going to somehow adjust my rules around this and say, I think it was like with, like I said, movies and documentaries, that's good. I always feel good when I've put the effort because it, it takes effort to like watch a documentary now. Like that used to be like a pastime pleasure thing. Now, like that feels like a major attention focus thing, just spend an hour <laughs> paying attention to something. Um, so I was like, that's fine. I'm happy when I do that. But streaming the office again and again for the 50th time, like I don't need to be doing that. That's a, that's a waste of time. And I, it's too easily like addictive. So anyway, so I cut all that, all that stuff, not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, I tried like getting rid of maps. I tried not having. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. I want to go back to the office thing because you have those people who watch like Seinfeld over and over again. It's just like it's a, it's you know. Yeah. Uh, but maps, 
What's wrong with maps? Were you like for pleasure circling the world and like trying to find those? No, 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 no. Maps, like, like, like getting yeah. somewhere. Like, like if I have to go to soccer practice, right. like it takes me, it takes me still, I still have to use maps. I lived here for two years now. I still have to put the map in to go to the soccer place. I've been 50 times, more than that, hundred times. Uh, because I've never bothered to learn that route. And like, I used to actually like, you know, you'd look one time at an actual map, understand where that the road goes here in a big picture, bird's eye view, it makes sense. And then you never forget it. But with the maps, like it just, it just doesn't, I just, you just don't learn the area. Our, our brains work in incredibly different ways, or, or maybe it's just because you're on the East coast and there's like labyrinths of these old, old roads back when they were pre-colonial, but like, how do you not know how to get to soccer practice after two years? That is mind boggling to me. I'm like, because I just, I said, I like, if, yeah, if the thing says turn right, yeah. like I'm just, I zone out, do something else, think about something else. And the thing says turn right, I turn right. And I never actually put together like where I'm actually turning. How far is this? How far is this route? I mean, it might be 45 minutes away, but, but you know, more than half is on the highway. So that's pretty yeah. easy, but you know, there's eight or nine turns in there. And I just, if you don't, if I don't try to learn them, I won't. So anyway, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's okay, but we do have tremendous capacity for like spatial understanding as humans. And I think by doing it and like getting somewhere, like I think there's a small reward to finding something on your own. Every guy knows this who won't stop and ask for directions. It feels good to like get just slightly lost and then figure out where you where to go to get back on. Uh, and you lose that once you have maps. You just you just go. So it doesn't really matter. Like the the point oh, isn't right. whether maps are good or bad. It was just one of my technologies, and I said, well, I can get rid of that if I'm doing a digital declutter. Strange, very strange. But by the way, you've heard that that study, right, where they looked at uh, cab drivers in London's brains. I've seen and some stuff like that. Right? Yeah, like they're whatever that region of the brain. Maybe it's spatial recognition patterns, whatever. And uh, and they are particularly active, and like it'll change your your brain as you as you require that kind of thinking. Now they've all, all got phones. Yeah. Related to that, I learned how during COVID time, I learned how to memorize a deck of cards from start to finish. Uh, like look at a random deck of cards, memorize it, and then recite it. And the way you do it is by drawing on this tremendous spatial capacity you have. So you you put it into like a, a house you're familiar with or a golf course or something. Like because we can we can remember tons and tons of data in that form and you put these little markers that represent the cards because each card gets linked to like a, a emotional person place or thing or whatever but anyway but you put that in in this geographical thing and then you walk through it in your head and so like we're much much better at, at that than we are at memorizing a deck of cards just straight memorizing it so I, it's really interesting how how we are meant for uh we're meant for that kind of thinking oh well, yeah to find food shelter stay away from danger yeah right? and know the so best routes makes sense to get, over a long period of time exactly yeah, that makes right. makes sense um your decision making however right is continues to amaze me what drove you to choose to memorize a deck of cards you know of all the things you could do during covid lockdown well i did a whole lot of things i did a whole lot of things you could do during lockdown <laughs> I read a book called um, uh, Moonwalking with Einstein. And it was a fantastic book. And it was all about these memory champions. And that's made me want to do it because it tells you the methods. Okay. Anyway. Right. Um, lots of lots of open open items from this conversation. You have to go <laughs> deeper are. into maps, into your office addiction. You know. Yeah. All right. So what was your, what was your conclusion as we, as we wrap so, up? Is it worth it? Un unfortunately, I only did kind of phases one and two of this. I did the 30 days off. I got I started learning guitar again. I wouldn't say learning. I started playing the guitar again. And that felt really good. I enjoyed that. 
Um, I watched a few more documentaries and movies and things that I like wanted to watch. I'd always wanted to watch, but just hadn't because I would instead do the easy thing of watching the thing that I'd already seen, you know, the mindless comedy thing. Um, the the big thing was that like I just found myself with all this extra time. Like I like I said, and like you, don't consider myself a social media addict at all. Like I I barely use it sometimes for work stuff, but otherwise, like I just just don't really I don't get whatever the the hit is people get from that. Like it just it's just stressful and bad. I just don't like it. But still, like in the mornings between the wake up time, kind of do some basic things that I'd want to get done in the morning, the morning routine stuff, morning pages, whatever. Between that and then like planning for the morning show time, I would usually eat breakfast and do some stuff. But like once I had it, once I got rid of the phone or got rid of, you know, just having the computer in front of me and surfing the web, um, it was like suddenly there was just all this time. And it was like, what did I, what did I do that filled this time before? And it, it really, it just evaporated. It evaporated because of, this little friction stuff in between, uh, which, which for me, wasn't typically work related. It was like just looking up whatever being entertained basically by the internet for you. I think a lot of that time is spent on work. And like, if you were to do this, um, it would be interesting because like you, you're not trying to disrupt your work stuff. And if you think that work time is really important and valuable, you know, you might choose to not have any restriction on, you know, the time you spend on your phone in the morning. Maybe that's really valuable day because you knock out a bunch of stuff. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I just, but I just felt like to me, it was like this tremendous freedom. It was like, I can't believe that I let all these technologies infiltrate my life the way they had, because once you get rid of them, oh, and, and the reading of the books, like I would start to get regular books and it, I, it just felt refreshing and good, like to not be doing screens all day long. Um, because like I said, we've already got the food and alcohol and the other stuff kind of bouncing us around from one addiction to the next. So to get rid of this huge part of it, which is the digital side, it really was rewarding. And then I went to the beach and went away to Sweden for Holden's soccer, my son's soccer stuff. And like, so I never really did the reintroduction period. I kind of just like went on that trip and started using everything again. Cause when you travel, you know, it's very, very convenient. You can't, you can't get rid of the Google maps when you're traveling very easily. Uh, so I didn't do this, like the reintroduction and I kind of just like put everything back in, uh, which is why like now I'm kind of find myself itching to, to do this again and, and kind of do it, do it fully and completely. By the way, I think traveling without maps might actually be one of my goals now. Cause when you mentioned that, I'm like, that like forces you to not uh, plus or minus physical maps, which would make for a very interesting understanding of like a, a, an area, but right. like stopping at like the shopkeepers, you know, and like asking right. and having right. I mean, that interaction. In many right? ways like, the point of there... travel. Right. Like that's the best yeah. part of the traveling is like getting yeah. a little lost and then you find something you didn't expect to find and you talk to someone you didn't expect right. to. Right. Like that is, that's, that's the fun of it. So you're uh, right. But if I, you're, if you're vegan though, like that was our go-to it's been, a, it's been a bit since we, you know, day, day, like, you know, overseas travel, but like typing into like, cause we were in, you know, I don't know where we were last UK or France or something. And like, you type in vegan into the map and you find this random place that like serves great vegan cottage pie in you know, the middle of the English countryside. And you're like, that wouldn't happen as much. Right. So right, right. that would be a drawback, but in terms of the experience, it'd probably be way, way more interesting for sure. Yeah. But I think a really mindful approach to technology that you probably only get by first going through a declutter like this, just like when you declutter your home, right? Like they say, you pull out everything from the, drawers and the dresser before you start putting stuff back in. Cause if you just try to organize while it's in there, you're not going to get rid of the stuff. It's easy, too easy to say, I need this and I need this and I need this. But if you can take it all out, 
and then you have to refold it and say, do I really actually need this thing? It's yeah. easier to decide to part with it. So like with the, with the traveling, like a really mindful approach would be to, to say, I'm not going to use the Google map and just turn it on to get from one place to the next. But when I want to go get lunch or when I'm going to look up vegan food, that's when I'm going to use it. So, you know, it feels a little weird and then, and then you've got it so that you, if in an emergency, you always know that you're not going to actually get stuck, uh, which could be good. You also could lose out on some of the uh, emotional rush that happens when you do think you're lost, which I've done a few times where you actually think you're lost and have no way to fix it in a foreign country. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think you there, there, you can imagine a really mindful approach where someone says, I use my stuff for this. I don't for this. And I'm disciplined enough not to start using it for these things because I know it'll it'll just creep back into my life. And then then I'll be just one of these drones again. Oh, uh, my last word will be, it's, it's incredibly alluring. It's almost romantic. Like I, I really would love to do something like that, a, a true digital detox in that way. I think I struggle still with like this idea of, you know, my, like my apps on my phone, what I use my computer for is actually incredibly simple. Right? It's like it's email, Slack, calendar, Zoom. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's it. And so if I did that list, it's like, there's nothing in there. I mean, again, for me, it's more so how do you, my, my endless effort is like, how do I create big blocks of time where I can go really deep into a problem and like really get very interesting conclusions drawn or, or, or solved or, or find the question that, that unlocks this whole thing. Like, hard when you have the interruptions and the urgency and the, and the, you know, sort of dopaminergic pathways in your brain that are like, give me the next hit of email. Right. And I think to me, like it's, it's less cutting out maps. <laughs> um, and more so like, how do you, how do you box technology to be useful and controlled and additive to your life as opposed to, allowing it to truly rewire your brain in a way that um, I think can be ultimately really destructive and lead you down those paths. Like, I I think it's all, like you said, food, drinking, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll and telephones, like all of it plays to these desires, these like ancient, you know, uh, yeah, the draws that we have to pleasure and novelty you know, novelty seeking and, and how we control that to do our best work and to connect intimately with people and to kind of have this human experience before we all get brain chips and robots take over, I think mm-hmm. is, is the challenge that I, I, I want to figure out. Yeah. It, and I wonder if that solution is a personal one or if we kind of have to, at this point, rely on the companies to ultimately do, which is hard because that's not their incentive isn't for us to have a mindful relationship with technology, right? It's to just completely do it all the time. Um, the brain chips is certainly coming. And you wonder at some point, like, will there be more elegant solutions? And this technology will have a way of, you know, we will restore our humanity while also getting all these benefits of stuff when, when the technology is that advanced and when they're designing it for that purpose, you'd think that could happen. I don't know if a person can, can do that for themselves, but perhaps they can. Um, I think something like this is a good start. I think you've got more apps than you let on. I see an aura ring on your finger, so I know you got an aura app on your phone. That must This thing hasn't been charged in eight months. I'm not okay, even kidding you. I don't even know where the charger is. I then you've already cut like, that. I just, so that's, that's good. 
I, yeah, I just actually don't know where my, my wedding ring is at our house. And so I, I, I yeah. Um, okay. So for the record. I, I you mean, sent me a YouTube again. video so over the weekend, which I, which I much appreciate. Trust me, I, I loved getting a video urging me not to drink alcohol anymore from, uh, who was that from? Mark, what's his name? Mark Manson video. So you got Mark a YouTube Manson. notification for that, unless you went searching for a stop drinking video to send Matt, uh, which I, I highly doubt you did. So I think there's a little distraction. You're, in your you're right. I actually... Hey, on Saturday night in the tub, right? Relaxing my muscles. Yes, I was on YouTube because actually, I'm I, I in the tub. That's a, a relax then. You unplug. Yeah, just stare at the ceiling for, for 45 yeah, minutes. Read a, read a book. <laughs> read a simple book. I did. I just, this is, I'm really excited. David Foster Wallace. I've heard this is like the best book. Uh, there's like some essays in here about Federer. Um, and like, okay, I, about I was recommended I a, the metaphorism. Yeah, no, I think it actually is on tennis, which I'm a fan of. Um, uh -huh. but, but more so it was like, just like the, uh, looking at like paradigm, you know, like paradigms of freedom and choice. And like, like, I mean, David Foster Wallace obviously is a super talented guy and apparently it's, it's like a deep philosophy and also like goes into the magic. I mean, you know, Federer is like a, you know, Michael Jordan type figure. So mm -hmm. anyway, I'm really excited. The book is, the book is so, String look, Theory. I'm, I'm, people who are listening and not seeing. String, string, string Theory. theory. Yeah, String Theory, David Foster Wallace, a bunch of essays, short thing. But yeah, look, I also bought a physical, a physical book recently, you know, because uh, in the tub, you know, sauna, whatever, you know, I'm obviously, I, I yeah, I like that stuff. But anyway, yes. I, I actually, in a different conversation, because I know we need to wrap up, you know, I, I actually, I I never got into YouTube as such. I used it when like the Google search result showed me a video on YouTube, mm -hmm. but I was never like a YouTuber. We have some people on our on our uh, team who are like, that's like, that's their social media social network. Media. Like, yeah, the that's algorithm presents media. them. Right. Yeah. The, 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 the algorithm presents them, you know, the next video to watch. And like, I've never been that, you know, right. Uh, right. however, probably in the last six months I have started using it more so because like, it's actually, you know, if we think about where we were 25 or 50 years ago, certainly like the wealth of information from like, like you would 10, 10 years ago, even 20 years ago, for sure you would have to pay thousands of dollars to be able to sit in an auditorium and listen <laughs> to some of these speakers talk, right? right? Like the wealth of knowledge. And so I've actually found myself, like instead of going on to Netflix or watching, you know, some, you know, uh, movie or whatever, like if I, if I end up wanting to consume information, which unfortunately I'm not doing too much these days, I've, I've been going to YouTube. Cause like I can get a really targeted sort of like, I want to learn about blockchain or I want to learn about food extrusion or I want to hear, you know, uh, um, the, uh, what's his name? D D Jamie diamond on like the state of the U S economy. And like, you can get like firsthand amazing content, which again, 20 years ago, you know, would have been highly, highly restricted, um, to just being in the room. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of YouTube in that sense. And again, that's where I'm like, well, if I have probably less than three to four hours in a given week where I'm not like asleep or working or working out and I want to consume something like, I'm not going to give up on 
like finding really interesting conversations, which I find on sure. YouTube, right? Right. So, and yeah. then there's the ra random recommendation for the Mark Manson stop drinking thing. <laughs> yeah. and I thought about you, and I, well, I had to send it along. Yeah, it's funny. I, I have pour the all of the liquor that you consume in a year into a tub, and let's see. Let's just see. <laughs> Could go viral. Yeah, that was that was a ridiculous video. But anyway, uh, for the record, I have the same appreciation as you do about YouTube. Like when people need to learn to fix something or do something, it, it's just incredible you to get that information out. It's just it's just there. Someone has done it. How to learn a trick on a skateboard or whatever. Like it's just there. You don't need to, to go to the library. <laughs> I'm for my kids, but they, you know, they've like I was holding to that. I was like, I couldn't do this when I was a kid. I had to go know a skateboarder. <laughs> like I don't, you, I, no one's gonna teach me how to do yeah. it on Ollie. But anyway, uh, my yeah. uh, on my list. I said YouTube notifications off was my rule for that one and no watching a second video, right? Go in there, find the thing I want to find. And then that's, that's your YouTube time for now. Don't, don't go down the rabbit hole. So like I'm with like, this stuff is fantastic. I'm not at all to say technology is bad for us. Uh, but that um, was just, that's what I did for 30 days. We didn't, we didn't say this. So this will be my parting comment. Cause I got to jump. Um, but uh, turning notifications off across the board and, Right, like you are really good at this because you're always in do not disturb. I have to call you twice to break through the do not disturb. That happened from this uh, um, challenge, by the way. That's when I began doing this. Be going doing yeah. that, doing that. Yeah, thing. and you and, do now, and I've done it too. Yeah, yeah, I have. We should probably just put each of us on the other, you know, person's right. do not disturb pass through list because <laughs> you can get through it. Yeah. But like, also, if you have an iPhone, you can automatically silence unknown numbers which has been a game changer for me because my number is out there in a million different places and there's all sorts of like spam and random people around call. All the and so, customers, right? You sent it out, said, here's my personal cell. I did that. Yeah, that's probably now why. Um, and, well, and you go through and you get the voicemail, you, you text back. If I'm, you know, I have a block of time that I, I make space to call people back, right? Yep. But it's, yep. it's a, it doesn't interrupt your time. So anyway, love you all. Good chat. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week and keep listening to the Outlier Health Podcast for lots of good stuff. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right.